Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. So our next guest I can remember meeting during last summer, summer of 21, in person, and I was flabbergasted because I'd only met her online. Yep. And so I know you kind of prefaced, wait till you meet her in person, which I didn't really know what that meant. <laughs> and then I stood next to her and realized that she's all of like four foot seven or whatever it is. <laughs> and what a strong presence she has. It she, was amazing. So Denise is the absolute example of amazing things come in the tiniest little packages. She is a powerhouse. And, and what, you know, I gush on her in our podcast and it's it's truly genuine. I adore this woman. She is a lovely, lovely, genuine person. She supports this community like no one else. She supports women, women in leadership, women getting into leadership. And it's just, I'm so looking forward to having this conversation with her because she is amazing. And she's just, she's got so many tricks up her sleeve. Let's listen in. We are thrilled to have Denise Horan with us today. She is the founder and principal of Integrated Management and Sales Consulting. She is actually a dear friend of mine, someone who has honestly seen a lot of us through thick and thin during the pandemic with all of the work that she does, both in her sales consulting arena, but also in her leadership development and sales circles that she has. And she's written books and she's just an overall amazing, positive, genuine human being. And I am so happy to have her here because I actually seriously love you. Seriously love you. So Denise, welcome. Thank you so much, <laughs> Miriam and Tom, for having me here today. I'm blushing. Yes, you are right? blushing. Well, I love tears it. Me in the corner. I know. That was so kind. But it's true. So Thank we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. But I was first introduced to you when you won your Women of Excellence Award, which was a few years after mine. Yes. And then from there, I started to get to know you a little bit better. I started being in some of your circles, not purposefully, but by accident. Like we have a couple of volunteer organizations that we are both a part of and those types of things. And then the pandemic hit and everyone <laughs> went to virtual networking and I got reintroduced to you again and you were still writing your book or you were reworking your book a little bit. And then you said, hey, I do this women's leadership group. Would you be interested and I said, sure, let me check it out. And let me tell you, like, seriously, I've been a part of other networking groups and other leadership groups, and Denise's is the best. And okay. it's the best because she has brought together an amazing powerhouse of women. But on top of that, she is the most inspiring, most supportive, raising every single one of us up every single day in everything that we do. And so I'm going to stop talking so you can actually start talking because I, I love say, you so much. You've done Thank her you introduction so much. Yeah, so okay, like I'm, that out. So I'm all finished. I love that commercial. Mic drop. <laughs> off she goes. So when you meet someone for the first time, what do you tell 
tell them you do. So if you're like at a cocktail party or a summer barbecue or whatever it might be, what do you say you do? And I know what you say, but go ahead and tell us what you say. You know, it's really funny that you asked that question. And I sat back and I said, you really need to assess your audience. Mm -hmm. So if it's a general audience and I only have seconds, I usually say, oh, I'm a sales coach. But if it's a networking group filled with entrepreneurs and business owners, I go, I'm a revenue growth coach. You know, sounds a little fancier. I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And yep. then if I'm with like pers- professional services people, like lawyers and architects, I go, oh, I'm a self-development and uh, coach, business development coach, because that sounds a little classier than... Just a sales coach. Yeah, they don't want to hear sales on that front, I think. I think they they are a little averse to that. Yeah, type of exactly. Even though but, it's I mean, a daily part of everyone's business, it's right? It's everybody's business. And I'm truly, really a sales consultant, coach, and trainer, yeah. and a public speaker. And a, pu- so. and a published writer, too. Don't forget Thank that you. part. Don't forget that part. I yeah. also wrote five cookbooks. Really? No five kidding. cookbooks? <laughs> So Denise does. That's how I started. Yeah, she she's a great cook. I've benefited from a few meals, and she's a powerhouse with that too. Like, there's nothing this woman can't do. It's yeah, that's yeah, very good for the stress level. Therapeutic, right? My daughter is a baker, and she says the same thing. Yes, exactly. She does baking. I don't bake. Yeah, she bakes. She loves it, but she loves to bake because she loves chemistry. And chemistry is embedded into big. Absolutely. Yes. It has to be perfect measurements and perfect timing. So anyway, talk to us more about, so we're, you know, it's funny. People say we're coming out of the pandemic. I don't think we're coming out of anything. I think we're learning to live with the pandemic and adjust our life to pandemic and our life, our business, how we operate and what we do. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what's trending in your world as it relates to sales training and coaching and Mm -hmm. helping businesses. I have to tell you, my favorite topic lately is the sales force of the future because people Mm. keep asking that. But the first thing I have to do is I've got to take you back. Just think about what you were feeling in March of 2020. Yeah, pretty crappy. Exactly. Mm. Everybody was feeling that way and everyone was kind of hiding, thinking we were two weeks Mm -hmm. of a vacation or rest time or whatever you wanted to call it, which turned out to be two and a half years so far, really. I mean, we're we're totally different. So salespeople probably freaked out worse than anybody I knew. So (laughs) my phone rang all day long. (laughs) I can imagine. But think about it. If you're a salesperson, how do you make your goals when Mm -hmm. no one's answering their phone, no one's in their office, and half those people were so stressed out they couldn't even answer their emails? You couldn't go visit them. You couldn't get them out to lunch, coffee, anything. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. So I tell people, think about this. I, When I went back to rewrite the end of my book, it was about a month after the pandemic, and it was started. And I said, I know exactly what's going to change. Number one, communication tools. And that became, people were really check in their social media platforms. So if you want to reach someone, a LinkedIn message went further than an email. Yep. And it was really clear that you had to be really creative in reaching people. So that was the first thing. The second thing was networking. You were not going to be visible. 
So virtual networking became such a hot thing. Like I literally was on virtual networking every day to keep sane. Me too. Me too. Thank God for you two and the 518 oh. because <laughs> that was like a big beginning of the virtual networking. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I joined the Maryland group, the New York City group, the Buffalo group, all these groups. So I extended my circle of influence. Yeah. You know, it was so great. So, I mean, that totally changed personal branding. And I will give you two an A Ah. on personal branding. (laughs) It's all about looking professional on social media. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I've done more coaching in the last two years on personal branding. People want to look good on their platforms because everybody became addicted to that. And you couldn't go out and show off at a networking thing because there weren't weren't any. any. Mm -hmm. So you had to look good and you had to be the face out there in front of your target market. Yep, absolutely. And I think that was huge. And so, and the other thing that exploded was technology. Um, you know, anyone who was behind, oh my gosh. I, oh, they flourished. I mean, not flourished in a, in a great way, but you, you saw them stand out. Yeah. Well, and you also had to learn yeah. everything. Yep. You had no other ch- choice. You were going on Zoom. You were going to probably enter like Teams every so often. You were going to contact people differently. You... You were going to learn every social media platform because you didn't know who was leaving you a message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing what happened in two years, isn't it? Yeah. And not for the worse. No, I totally agree with you on that. You know, it's so funny. I was was talking to someone more recently and she was always adverse to the virtual networking. And I'm like, why? 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 I have met so many people. I have built so many stronger relationships with people I already knew and expanded my, my network and the circle of influence that you just mentioned, which is so important, by benefiting from all of this virtual networking. Yeah, and think about how productive. So productive. That's the thing that boggles our minds collectively beyond most is the folks that want to force their employees back. And I understand manufacturing, healthcare, hospitality, you need some boots on the ground, so to speak. Right. But the ones that aren't in those roles where they have to be in front of folks, cutting out that commute. So when I can remember times when you'd have to drive half an hour, 40 minutes back and forth to work, your brain's working that whole time. You're on the way in processing all the stuff that you've got to do. So by the time you get to the office, you're already stressed out, right? And then on the way home, you're decompressing the whole time. Again, yeah. burning all that stress, stuck in traffic. You know, and I talk about the folks going up and down the Northway, past Twin Bridges and so forth. But now yeah, me. You, yeah. you cut that out. You, you've cut out an hour, hour and a half of that stress and, and just it's anxiety. It's so much more productive. Right? Well, and just from just meeting to meeting to meeting, like to the point where now when I'm, I'm meeting with a client or I'm about to meet with a client, I actually have to say virtual or on site, because even my ability to meet with them is going to be different based on if I have to travel or if I can just click a link. And your calendar is so different. Right. Yes. You can get eight, 10 meetings in a day. Not that you you want that many of them, but it's it's really valuable to be able to, hey, I've got a two o'clock, I got to go. And they all all get it. 
You're like, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's and then you're just, brains yep. are rewired to this new way of yeah. life. I talked right? to uh, someone that I met through networking and he said, you know, this has just accelerated the inevitable. Yeah. And I was like, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I was just reading and my husband was also reading it to me this morning. So he saw it somewhere also. They said, if the economy begins to tank, the employer feels more powerful. Mm -hmm. And like in certain industries, you're going to see them all called back in the office and because they can do it. And so it's really going to depend on, you know, what people feel is, is the right thing to do. I think there's enough of a force to walk with your feet and vote with your feet in terms of finding another employer who's not going to do that. I think the employers that don't do that are going to be far more successful than the ones that dig their heels in. Yeah. And well, you know, you'll you'll soon find out. And plus, there are industries that... And there are industries that, I mean, we just did, I just, I think it was this week, I did a video blog about how, yeah, there are a lot of industries that you can't do a remote or a hybrid environment. So what can you do instead? Well, right. It's going to be very interesting to see if how this affects compensation. I work with people on sales compensation sure. and things, and I'm telling you right now, you really need, everybody needs to pay for performance in some way and be able to measure that. Yeah. Because I do know that there are many people taking advantage of remote working, mm-hmm. and they're going to ruin it for a lot of other people. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. It's a whole retraining of managers Right. to make sure that they are managing, but not micromanaging, but also doing very good job with communication and setting expectations and measurables that people need to meet, uh, to meet, excuse me, holding people accountable, et cetera, those types of things. Well, absolutely. true leaders are going to shine. Yep. I mean, you'll be able to tell who they are. Yep, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So aside from the trends and the, the sales force of the future. Yeah. Any tricks or things that you would, you know, without giving away your whole repertoire that you could, you know, share with somebody if they are now in the situation where they are forced to really embrace the technology, embrace virtual sales, so to speak. What comes to mind as something that you would tell someone who's like, oh crap, I have to do this now? Well, I think you have to go through their personal goals because you always have to read how someone's motivated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are motivated by different things. And when you find out whether it's recognition, more time, more money, whatever it may be, there's a little bit of of great in every way that you could explain it to them. You mm-hmm. know, like if let's just say somebody's like, oh, man, I'm putting in 10 hours a week and I'm driving every single day. I hear that a lot from on-the-road mm. salespeople. I'm like, think about this. You embrace technology and people get on a Zoom with you. Can you imagine being home for dinner at five? Just picture that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think people are starting to get a lot better. Have you noticed a shift? And it was funny, last summer, I think people were dying to get out. Yeah. All of a sudden, this summer, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> they, they don't have to necessarily be in person. Right. You, know what else, you know the other shift I've seen is um, in meetings or you're meeting with people and it's a couple of people. I saw last year far more people not turning their cameras on. 
And Ugh. I've noticed this year that that has changed and that people are turning their cameras on for the most part. They might turn it off really quickly if there's something that's going on that right. would be distracting, which I actually appreciate. But I'm noticing that you don't have to ask them to put their cameras on. I think it's the, the etiquette of this new reality that we're working mm-hmm. in and the new virtual world that we're working in is starting to kind of come to fruition, which I appreciate. I always equate it to, well, I wouldn't go to a, an interview or a meeting with my my client with a bag on my bag head. On your head. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming, so the bag the on the head thing. What's the difference? There's no difference, but there are people that were camera shy. I got to tell you, I just think it was downright rude. I <laughs> I, I have the best story you want me to tell yes, us. Yes, tell us. So I... I uh, I run a lot of workshops for lawyers on personal branding and business development tools and things like that. Just think, they go through all of law school, they have not one marketing class. So I love to work with them. They appreciate it, they're great. Normally I go in, I do a workshop, and then we move over to private coaching. Well, it was during the pandemic, they're like, what are you gonna do? I said, well, we're virtually gonna get on a Zoom together. And I said, but please, ahead of time, I'm going to ask you to have everyone's camera on. I said, it is hard to talk to a black screen. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I said, you really need to, um, um, you know, engage to be able to discuss this topic. We get on there. Nope. 25 people out of like 40 had their cameras off. Ugh. And so I nicely said, you know, this is going to be a lot better for all of us if you'll engage. I don't care what you're wearing if that's an issue. Right. You know? Oh, it was so... I mean, wear something. It had, to yeah, have been, <laughs> it had to have been one of the hardest workshops I had ever given. Um, and it was just because you... You feel, right? Yeah. Don't you build a relationship Absolutely. just by connecting? Well, and you tried to preset it, too. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think about that now, that's, I think people got used to the fact that you can't bond with a blank screen. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? I, well, we both can recognize them. How many presentations have we done? Oh, my where God. Where you've yeah. got 20 people who just, they're off eating lunch or having a Kit Kat bar or whatever they're doing, or maybe they turned on the Zoom and left the room. Right? That's what I worry yeah. about more right? than anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when they call people out. Oh, and they that's the answer, right? Oh, yeah. Then you know the truth. Yeah, uh, and Absolutely. I think everyone's afraid of that. You know, when when all the zooms started, if you remember back in March of 2020, that hey Jennifer on Twitter, do you remember this? Um, remind me. So this woman is on a team zoom. There's probably a dozen people, and they're all from different parts of the country, all or wherever they were in their world. They're all kind of chiming in on stuff, and somebody's talking through the presentation. This woman's on her cell phone. She doesn't turn her camera off. Oh, no. She takes it to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> oh that one. Oh. oh, yeah. And I remember all the skits on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. that was priceless. Yes. That was brutal. Right? So I, I, I envision that's part of the reason they don't want to. And But, you know, if you're sitting at a desk like most of us, kitchen table, whatever it is, you know, even if you're on your couch, we've seen enough folks do that. Just put it on your lap and have a conversation. I'm, Absolutely. Who cares, right? You're there for the content, not for the dress code. If you want the dress code, you're going out to the gala. Right. Right? right. Put your bow tie exactly. On, right? exactly. I totally agree, though. That You think about it now, I think people are adjusting a lot better. I yeah. do, too. And I think, like, for salespeople now, if they're going to remain top, 
they have to give that option to everybody. Would you like to do this on Zoom? Would you like to set up a private um, meeting out? Because a lot of people won't allow you in, in their office. Yep. yep. Or would you like me to come to your office? So there are mm -hmm. a lot of choices. They have to be flexible with communication and with those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can remember when all this started. There, I, I know some sales folks who are very much in-person people. All the they, time, right? Right. And so they were pushing back. You know, and and all sorts of uh, colorful adjectives that we won't have to bleep here because I won't use them. But um, <laughs> you know, those folks were saying, you know, I, I can't meet with anybody. I have to sell in person. I have to sell in person. I have to sell in person. Now, two and a half years later, I'm wondering. You've obviously seen those folks. Yeah. What has it been like? Have you seen the good, the bad, and the ugly? What What does that look like for you? Yeah, from most your of them ended up adjusting. I mean, some were faster than others, and some just. You know, didn't want to give up a, a sales profession. A few of them did, but very few. A lot of them have thrived. And they were the ones that are really good, spent time calling people to check on them, not to sell them. Mm -hmm. So they were the relationship builders. They were the ones who really stood out and sh they were shining stars to yep. a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, I don't, there were, there's a place in Saratoga that was sending porch gifts to people. Hmm. And I know salespeople that were ordering them and having these beautiful gift baskets being sent to their clients. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Not selling a thing. Yep, absolutely. That's how the 518 started, you know. So when the pandemic hit, I said to everyone on my team, Tom wasn't with us at the time. I said, listen, I was like, we're all going through this. I was like, start reaching out to everybody you know in your network, right. see how they are. Just talk to them. Right. Can I help you with anything? We're not selling a thing. We're giving stuff away. What can we do to help? Even if it's just talk. Yeah. And so Lauren Groff, who does the 518 with us, he and I always saw each other at networking yes. events. He's a huge networker. He's, he's mm -hmm. quite the extrovert. So, and I, I reached out to him. I was like, Lauren, I miss <laughs> you. I was like, please tell me you're alive and everybody's okay. Because that's still, that right. was the point where people were yeah, like, yeah. people, it was scary. Like I, you know, it just, we won't talk about it, but that was very scary. So it was kind of part of why I was like, I just was like, are you alive? Yeah. Are you still out there? And so he and I, I got on a call and he's like, hey, you want to try virtual networking? And I was like, sure. I was like, what do you got in mind? And he's like, well, we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to figure out how to use Zoom. And I was like, okay. I was like, I, I can do that. And he's like, okay. He's like, let me just invite people. Whoever comes, comes. If we get 10 people, great. And 10 more people we're talking to. Yeah. Our first virtual networking had like 30 people RSVP for the first one. It exploded to 80, 90 oh, people RSVP. I've been on most of And the we time. were like, what is happening? But it was, and it was. It was an escape. It was just simply to stay connected with people. It's funny. I, maybe I'm just a crazy person, which is very possible. I don't no see comment. a difference between seeing you here with us right now or talking to you on a computer screen, you're still in person yeah. with me. Yeah. I don't see a difference. I can still make that connection and yeah. that bond. And I, it's, it's interesting to me, the people who have either pushed back on it or say that they're not making those connections, how can they start making those connections? Well, think about the personalities that people have. Some people have a very difficult time. Yeah. Right. The other thing is like, the only thing I really miss, I think, and I'm very Italian, 
It's tug people. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hug my screen. But I've actually hugged my screen. Oh, I, I think I've even but, hugged Tom. Like through oh, a computer screen. I know. I, and I I've do, done that before yeah. too. Just make the motions. But you know what I mean. I mean, sometimes it feels good to just have that yeah. that human bond and that, you know, to see somebody feels good. But I personally prefer to sit at my desk, be productive, and be done at 5 o'clock. Yeah, the well, especially 5 o'clock part. We talk about the positives. I think what you were alluding to is that introvert-extrovert con- right. conversation. And I thought, saw so many introverts come out because mm-hmm. they would come to those because they didn't have to feel like they had to shake your hand or do this and that yeah. and the other. Right. They controlled camera on, camera off, yep. mute on, mute off. Now, mind you, I always I get on. I never know how to turn a mute off. I don't know what it is. But oh, why folks, bother? Uh, I know. I think they turn it on on me but that's automatically. that's so funny that you said that because I remember saying early on, listen, everybody on that screen is an equal square. Absolutely. And I go, and that's what you learned that they're like, when you went to a networking group and you saw CEOs over here and maybe you saw salespeople in a bunch over here and you tended to go and flock to a corner if you were an there introvert. There was no posturing. Exactly. But if you're on a screen like that, I don't care who you are. You're equal to everyone else. Absolutely. And I have, you know, networking aside, I always liked going to networking events, but I also hated it at the same time, frankly. Yeah, Because there's always like these clusters of people talking and you may or may not know them. You talk to the same people you know. Or you talk to the same people you know. So are you really networking? I mean, maybe, but not at the level that we did when we were on the computer screen because most set it up in such a way that everyone had an opportunity to speak. And um, it just, I agree completely. And again, met more people, learned about more things in the world and industry and business and and vice versa. And from all over the country and all over the world. I know, isn't that I mean, our 518 gets people from London and Italy and Canada. We're like, why? But okay, cool. We had one fellow from India. So he's 12, 13 hours behind us or ahead of us. Yeah, that's Other side of the dateline, but. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? They're looking him up and you can find him on Eventbrite now. Mm -hmm. You can join in. I mean, I was on one the other day. I don't there are people from all over the place, so you, you just you don't you know you don't really know what you're hopping on. But the one lesson I teach the salespeople is: listen, if you want to make this productive, this virtual networking, you really need to jot the names down of the people that you're kind of meeting on the screen. Follow up afterwards on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm constantly writing a message. It's the same line every day. Hi, it was nice to have met you on the screen. You know, would you like to um, set up a short Zoom to get to better know each other, you know? Yeah. Uh, and oh, wow. I added so many contacts to my LinkedIn. I would LinkedIn. love to see the stats on that, right? So LinkedIn must have. They went tracking. crazy. They exploded. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like somebody like me who had maybe 500 contacts who has 1,200 now. I mean, and I only connect to people I literally know. Absolutely. And Amen it's okay to now to, to know them from the screen as long as yep. I've gotten some kind of a yeah. dialogue going. I send Amen those responses all the time. I'm like, yeah, well, we can connect after we talk. That's what I say. I d- yep. say the same thing. I always say That's the same great. thing. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's Not tough. as many people do that. It's well, fascinating. You know, do you really want somebody, because now you can go into other people's contact database if you pay up on LinkedIn. So, in fact, one of the chapters of my book is a real estate woman who said, 
This is what she does every single morning. She looks up somebody she knows on LinkedIn, goes in and looks at all her contacts, finds who she wants to meet, and then she calls the person. I happened to be one of those people before she ended up giving me the story. And she said to me, listen, I, I, I noticed you know somebody I really like to meet. Can I have a personal introduction? She does one to three of those a day. That's all she needs. She doesn't need to sell anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, How awesome is that? First of all, as a strategy. Yeah. And second of all, don't you want to know the people in that? It becomes your old-fashioned Rolodex. Absolutely. Well, I always say to people, like, what's the point of linking on LinkedIn if we don't know each other? Because right. isn't it the right. point to share information, right. make connections, well, and I business leads? The other side of it is they want the address, but Volume. just flood them with with connection points. You know, you'll I always get the ones where you can see they're connected to like one person. I'm like, why'd you give us all up? Right? Yeah. You gave us all up. <laughs> Now we're in this little database of people that are getting you know, hunted down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So aside from your book, are there any, so how do you, you know, everybody takes information in different ways. We joke about the fact that I don't really read books all that much, that I'm an auto, audible book kind of person or webinars or TED Talks or yeah. whatever it might be. So aside from your book, how do you stay current? Do you do business reading? What types of things interest you that you could share? Well, I'm probably like you. I definitely have been an extrovert with way too much on my plate. Mm-hmm. So every time I'd sit down with a book, I'd fall asleep. Yeah, That's me. And, and, and I really find most books very boring after the 10th to 20th page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm being honest with you. And yeah. I said, it's funny when I start one and I make it past there, I'm like, wow. So now I feel obligated because I have so many great author friends to read their books Yeah, that I'm forcing myself to try to get past that beginning part. And and I've actually completed a lot of books lately. Hey. Well, now, now that I don't have a child at home, too, I have a little bit of extra time. But if you think about that, I mean, I'm not a huge book person. I am a huge news junkie. Mm-hmm. And I watch business shows mostly for knowledge. I'm really th- interested in a lot of people, and I'm really interested in a lot of industries. So I watch a lot of business. I do watch politics you know, crazy as it is. But, you know, you do watch a whole bunch of that great stuff over the years. But I love the TED Talks. Yeah. And TED when I drove all the time for work, yes. oh my God, all the I time. had books on tape back then. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and talk show, you know, oh my God, I was always listening to something. Yeah. Fantastic. So, what but, about podcasts? You know, Are you into those? Well, podcasts, I'm only just starting to listen to the ones of people I know and a few of people in my industry. And I'm signing myself up to promote my book. So I have been on quite a lot as a guest. Yep. But, you know, generally, many of them are very dull. Yeah. <laughs> Not this I one, I thought course. yours was great. I've already watched a few <laughs> and listened to a few, whatever. I just wish they were all video podcasts because I always like to see people. Uh, well, yeah. you never but know. You know, what? you know, someone else said to me, we should live stream these via LinkedIn. I was like, how would we even do that? I don't even know how we would oh, do that. Oh, there's a lot of great LinkedIn oh, live Oh, I know, I know, now. I know, but good Lord. I'm sure Adam's <laughs> wheels are turning <laughs> right, now. right now. <laughs> I'm sure. It'll, so, it'll grow into something, but I think their 
really the podcasts are meant for the radio. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, being in the car. Bar. and like HR in the car, baby. Uh, I know, there the best name go. in the world. Hashtag beep, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the best, make it right. a thing. Yeah. I love that. Is it really? <laughs> it is now. No, well, I think we just made it. So, Denise, talk That's about your great. book. I want you to be well, able to plug the book a little bit and share why people should read the book. Stories well, from the sales field. That's right. So, the... It's so funny. It was on my bucket list to write a book. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm way out of my comfort zone. I'm not a writer. I'm verbal, mm-hmm. as you can tell. In mm-hmm. fact, I write everything in bullet points. Oh, so, hello. Hi. <laughs> me too. So hate having to write a sentence. So I hate it. <laughs> I started by writing cookbooks. Mm-hmm. And to give them out to the family for like holiday gifts and things like That's that. That's perfect. So that gave me like a little start in like trying to, to do that. Well, I I suddenly said, you know what? I've got to share these stories. I'm doing a lot of coaching now, so private coaching. So I said, I want to tell stories of these great salespeople I've met for the last 25 years. Yeah. And so I found them all. In fact, I found them all on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and I found people that worked for me many years ago or that I met at airports and traveling, and I had a huge territory, and I found them, and I said, tell me a good sales story. And sometimes I would give them some topic choices, but a lot of times they're like, tell me a story. But in the book, so it's 60, it's over 60 um, interviews, and each one has given a sales tip, a lesson learned, and an action plan for success. Mm. I wanted to create a book for people with ADD that could only read two or three pages at a time, like myself, and put it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody said to me, I love this. They go, I read like one interview or two interviews. I put it down, I walk around, I come back, I read two more. That's exactly what I wanted to create. So getting ready to do the next. There's two more in the series. Um, hopefully I'll get through two more. They take a long time because yeah. of the interviews. Right. Yeah. But I sort of want to do the same type of thing. And so it's not me preaching or talking. It's me sharing other people's success stories. Absolutely. And I think I love that approach because, again, it's not just Denise saying, this is how you're going to be successful. This is all of these lovely, amazing people. And everybody has different techniques. Everybody has different approaches that you know, it's just like sharing all of these other success stories. And I think it would boost someone's confidence to realize, well, if all of these these different types of people can do it, so can I. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I've been speaking to a lot of college students. Good. That's a great audience. I had uh, 85 people from LSU on the screen one day. No way. It was a sales, it was a sales masterclass for like undergraduates. And I said to the professor, listen, let's just open the floor. He goes, oh, my God, it's going to be chaotic. I go, I can handle it. (laughs) And I said, they can ask questions. I can give them a little bit just in the beginning about relationship building and making contacts and building their circle of influence because they're at that age. Yep. And so I talked maybe five minutes, and I said, I want to open up the floor. Any questions you want to ask me? Holy moly, I got flooded. And finally, the professor's like, class is over. (laughs) Class is over. (laughs) So 
so, but it was awesome. so fun. And then I had locally, you know, I was yep. on the St. Rose Sales Club. Yep. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Mark Michelson, right? Yeah, Mark's now in Virginia Tech, so I'm headed down there to talk with Great. his students. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Very good. That's Great. fantastic. I think for me, now I spent the first 10 years of my career in publishing, and so... Oh, you understand this. I do. Well, in the small chunks, the books that we had that had the smaller chunks, the digestible chunks were so much better sellers than anything else because you had an audience out there that just wanted, what can I use today? And then I'll go to the next one tomorrow and the next one the next day. Otherwise, it was 40 pages of put me to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that's why a lot of these, I mean, I think of a lot of these business books that are out there, I'm sure they're very valuable. (laughs) I'm sure they are. I know. And I have not read any of them. Any of them. And even, I'm going to be honest with you, I've read parts of Denise's book because it is in smaller pieces, but I'm Doses. still working on it yeah. because that's, I'm like that's okay. you, I'm busy as heck. And I totally so, get it. But You yeah, know what? I realized I was not the only person who buys people's books and has a stack <laughs> on my desk, yeah. like two feet high, and it's embarrassing. And I realized a lot of people were kind enough to buy my book and had no intention of reading it. So I find I find that, you know, it's really an eye-opening experience, what yeah. it's like. Yeah. Well, I still have intentions of finishing it, but I'm not going to say I have read the whole thing yet. I have read parts of it. I have so. three or four books like that. Yeah. I have my vacation book. It's called Lifelong Kindergarten. And it's the guy, one of the guys from <laughs> oh, Lego Education. Title. Yeah, and it talks about kind of learning stuff, but it's just the mindset, but it's my vacation. I sit on the beach or sit wherever we're going, sit on the plane, I read a few chapters, yep. I'll fall asleep, take some notes, and then I take it out the next time I'm on vacation. And someday I'll finish it. <laughs> I don't know when, but I've had it for like three or four years. My wow. friend Jerry gave it to me. Three or four years. That's yeah. a long time. I don't yeah, read a lot. Who cares? Yeah. I have, there's one quasi-business book that I've actually been able to get through, but it was an Audible, so I listened to it when I still had a long commute, and it's called The Happiness Advantage. And it's basically the psychology of mindset and happiness and how that translates into successful business. Which I love that topic, yeah. It's actually fascinating. It was fascinating to the point where I'm going to listen to it again because I'm a happy person. I think everybody can benefit from positivity. But this guy took this approach and has scientific evidence to back it up. That's yeah. what was mind blowing about it. So happiness advantage is definitely one. If oh, you're, I, I think happiness and, and positive people are much more successful, generally speaking. Yeah. Negative people are really, I mean, they're an issue for me. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones you want to throat punch. Yeah, is that but how we call I mean, it? somebody said, you know, clear your life of negative people, and I said. Sometimes you can't. It's not right. like you select yeah. your relatives. Yeah. <laughs> right? Amen. Like, Amen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes if you've got to deal with all those negative people, I, mean, I can just think about being on the phone going, uh-huh, uh-huh. By the time I get off, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> It's Which is horrible. so not like me. It's no, horrible. definitely. But it's, it's all, right, what's going on in their life that's making them that way. Yeah. Right? right. And so we try to reflect on that. But that happiness advantage, there's a second one, that, that the same author, that's also really good. That was the one book when I started with Miriam, one of the only books on her shelf. Yeah. I'm I actually like, had Look, it. A real I book. might have to go back and order it now. Yeah. And it's that's really saying a lot, right? That's saying a lot about me. 
Yeah. So and usually I read the ones where I know the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really yeah. working well, on now. And that one, he cites probably six or eight other books as he goes through, you know, whether it's uh, Simon Sinek or Daniel Pink or mm-hmm. Brene Brown. I'm just rattling yeah. off names for names. Right. But there's other authors that he references, and they're all good books too. Everything yeah. that he listed in there is, is spot on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so before we wrap up, I want to get into community involvement. Let's talk about the causes, causes, nonprofits, charitable, whatever it might be, community-related organizations that you're involved with. And I know you and I are both involved. You are way more involved than I am in the Women's Employment Resource Center. Right. And so talk a little bit about that. You've been a huge advocate of that organization for way longer than I ever have. Yeah, I I get involved and support a lot of organizations, but I really kind of have focused in on one just because of time. Absolutely. So I think I've been involved with the Women's Employment Resource Center, which we call WORK, Work. for over 20 years now, 21 years. I was thinking about that, actually. Mm -hmm. I was a volunteer back in the early 2000s. And then I became just, um, you know, kind of a friend slash advisor. And then I went on the board and the board is broken into a a working board versus an advisory board. So I was on the working board for a lot of years, I think about 12. And now I'm on the advisory board, but I'm also an event chair. Yep. And I'm also on a couple of committees for a couple other events. But I've been involved. I think it's fabulous that women are retrained to go back in the workforce. What a needed commodity mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't have enough people to send to the marketplace right now, yep. which is the best problem in the world. But they build the confidence of these poor women that actually said, I want to go back to work, but I feel like I missed so much in the last few years. And they teach them technology skills and resume writing and communication and confidence building. Confidence building is a big one. It's It's fabulous. It's such a great organization. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, coming up, we have two more events. There's uh, usually a couple of events every year, and we just finished the one I do, which is shopping and networking. and Yeah, it's like the it, perfect event. That one's usually party every, event. That one's usually every June. Every June. First impressions, impressions second, second chances. chances. And it is shopping, eating, drinking, yeah. fun. Oh, networking like crazy. And today was, event. or this year today, I mean, this year was just so much fun. Yeah. Because it was the first time we were back together off of virtual. And we got to see each other. We also moved it to a safer place with more airflow. And that was beautiful. It was a great spot. So I'm looking forward to. Yep. And then now you've added, I know there's a golf event that's usually every fall now. Well, yes. And the beneficiary of that tournament will change every year or two. Yeah. So this is the second year that it benefits work. So I'm on that committee. It's called Links to Leadership. Last year, we raised just an unbelievable amount of money the first year. So we're really excited about the second year. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to have you here with us in person. Thank you both. Everybody go get Stories Stories from from the the Sales sales Field field. because it has some great information in there. And, And frankly... Denise does so much to support uh, women in this community, the work, but just 
in general, there's a lot of stuff that Denise does that no one ever sees, but I can tell you from one of the beneficiaries of it that we love you and that we thank you so very, very much for all that you do for all of us. So thank you. So her whole conversation with us made me think of that phrase, stronger together, mm-hmm. and all the things that she does mm-hmm. and tries to help. Because you hear her talk about you know, coaching and developing leaders from a sales perspective, but also from a business perspective. But with all the charitable interests she has and the stuff that she does for work, uh, W-E-R-C, mm-hmm. for those of you spelling at home, you know, it just makes me think of how generous a soul that is. Well, on top of that, it's a cliche of a sentence, but truly making lemonade out of lemons. And for the last two years, figuring out that this is not a bad thing that we went through. I mean, yes, the pandemic was a bad thing, but what can we learn from it? How can we overcome it and adapt to be even better at our jobs if we're salespeople, at our jobs in life, the whole thing. And so for me personally, I truly got to know Denise over the last two years and she's right. She doesn't like negative people. She is the one of the most positive people I've ever met. She makes me feel more positive. But again, she's super supportive of everyone in her circle, regardless if you're in a leadership group with her or not. I mean, there's on a daily basis. If right. anybody that she's in contact with does something good or they're, they're in the news or she's they're- She's out propping them up. She's propping you up. She's giving you kudos and she's just, she's your cheerleader. She's an amazing cheerleader for this region, for work. And I just, I'm so happy that we had her on the show. No, and I think probably one of the favorite lines in there was that bag on the head moment, yeah. which I'm thinking <laughs> she would probably club somebody if they took a headshot and put that oh out there God, with that. Right? I have to do that one of those days. I'm going to get one and put it over my head before we start a, we'll start one of our virtual meetings. What a treat. Well, for that and more, thanks for joining us here on HR in the Car. We'll see you next time. 